today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, everyone's talking about the big friends reunion. Uh, does this ever work? Uh, let's bring in Bill Brio, TV critic, uh, Brio.tv. He is with us now. Bill, thanks for the time. Hope you're well. Yeah, I am, uh, Scott. And, you know, I love that TV theme song. It reminds it sounds like the monkeys, doesn't it? It does sound a little bit like the monkeys now that you see. Yeah, it does, actually. I wonder if they thought of that when they wrote it. I don't know, but it's catchy. Can you ever do this right? I mean, you know, when they were talking about this, I, I thought they were going to do like a, an episode of Here They Are Now. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be like a Q&A and a, and a quiz show and all that sort of stuff all wrapped into one. Is, can you, is there a way to do this and, and not just shake your head? Well, you're never going to please everyone, that's for sure. Um, I have to start off by saying I was never a huge Friends fan. You know, I, I had seen a few episodes, and you could not not be aware of them, especially if you were covering television. Uh, I remember interviewing Matthew Perry at Global a few days before the series broke, and uh, just he was 24 years old, and just the look in his eyes, you could tell he knew his life was going to change, but hmm. um, not by as much as it sure did. So... But you know what? I have to say I enjoyed it. As, as someone who is more of a casual fan, I like the idea that you, you start off uh, arriving on the set of the soundstage in the Warner's Lot, Studio 24, that you, you go behind the scenes, you see the old sets, uh, and that they had table reads and a lot of uh, outtakes and backstage stuff. All of that was fun for me. What about uh, just doing uh, another episode of here and where and what and why they're doing what they're doing now? You mean having just a yeah, like here, of that? here, no, here are the friends now, and have oh. just shoot a ninety-minute or two-hour, whatever, whatever episode per se, I, I, as opposed to one of these. That's perilous. You know, there was a, a TV reunion movie uh, called Mary and Rhoda that <laughs> was written by a Canadian that came on about. 15 years after the Mary Tyler Moore show, and it was just depressing. It was sad. I think that, I don't know if we really want to know what happened to Chandler Bing. You know, I I think that um, just seeing the, the, the people watch this show because how well it was cast, and people saw these, especially if you were the age of the cast, these were your friends. So I think it was enough to see your friends again, uh, that you didn't have to go to the trouble of of, of writing um, what happened to the characters. If you were uh, in love with this series and what the presentation you saw on TV, would you have liked what you saw last night or what you're seeing now? It's streaming, I guess. I have not seen it, by the way. Well, maybe less than I did. You know, as I said, I was a casual fan, so it was fun. I didn't. I wasn't there to nitpick because I didn't know what to nitpick. Right. You know, like I had never seen the Smelly Cat song. Uh, I'd heard about it, uh, so it just seemed um, more interesting to me to see them highlight some scenes, but also to talk about how it was cast, the order they were cast in. Uh, you know, little tidbits like that that I did not know about. And um, just to see them come alive again, they got right back into the skins at the table read parts that they have throughout this nearly two-hour special. Um, Those were moments I liked the best, um, more so than James Corden asking them kind of obvious questions, you know. How much of this would have been left on the cutting room floor? How difficult do you think this is to edit something like this? The special... um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure they, they had hours that they cut out of it. Um, I think um, it, it would have complicated it to have scripted parts of it. And also, 
Um, you know, I think they all got like two and a half million just for getting in a limo and going over to Warner Brothers for a few hours. Um, they probably would have cost a lot more. Um, the whole thing is to promote the fact that the series is now on streaming services and uh, exclusively on a couple of them. And, and, and I think mission accomplished by just bringing them together this way. Uh, is that how uh, you you uh, gauge the success of this show? Is that you know it's not so much the show itself. What this is used for is a promo to launch the fact that you can now watch everything. Yeah, I think it is a giant promotional carrot. Um, I think if you were to bring that, there's some problems with Friends, right? You know, like it was of its time, and it in some ways. You know, today you might retitle it whitish, you know, like it's, it's, <laughs> it, it, I have heard that. You're not the first one to say that. That's right? for sure. You know, and, and, and there's some even some of the and listen, you take a lot of shows from 20 years ago and there's problems. We're, we live in a very woke time. So some of the jokes, um, they ring a little iffy now in terms of homophobia and different things. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it would be a different show and it was just a different time. Uh, having said that, there's 235 episodes. You're going to find uh, many, many there that uh, are just you can enjoy just as you would uh, episodes of Seinfeld or The Simpsons. So uh, this would not work the way it is now or the way it was, per se. Do you think that's one of the reasons why they went for uh, the presentation they did as opposed to, you know, the, Bra- the Brady Bunch reunion or whatever? <laughs> I'd love to see the friends do, yeah, the Brady Brides get married. Uh, yeah, episodes. yeah. Um, or, or they'll go to Hawaii. Island. Yeah, yeah or, they... or, you know, meet the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> or all those other things. I, I think literally that the creators of the show, uh, Marta Kaufman and, and uh, David Crane, Kevin Bright, they have said all along they will not do this again over their dead bodies Will they have mm. new episodes. And one of the reasons is, and they say this toward the end of the show, Lisa Kudrow has asked, would you like to see a reunion? And she said, no. Because they, they tidied everything up. Every, uh, all the characters had moved on or were at a happy place. And to unravel their happy places, that was the problem with the Mary Tyler Moore reunion, by the way. To, to, to bring them ahead, it might not have landed in, in such a perfect finale. You know, they're off to have kids or, you know, it was just they're pushing a baby cart down the hall at the end. Um, and, and they didn't want to just unravel that. And I think that, and I applaud them for sticking with that. I hope they don't ever rewrite uh, new episodes of Friends. You had just said a very key word here, and I think that's unravel. They did not want to unravel uh, the 10 years or however many years that they had with this show. But wouldn't it have been funny, Bill, to kind of take a completely different angle, make it a little less friendly, and what happens to them when they all get divorced? They all start fighting with each other. They all, you know, all that sort of crap. I mean, basically make it more reality than than fiction. But, uh, but yeah, who would that have appealed to? <laughs> Scott, they've done that. If, if yeah. you watched Matt LeBlanc's show episodes, yeah, it's that character. It's, yeah. it's Matt LeBlanc playing Matt yeah. LeBlanc, former friend star, and you see what the heck happened to him. He's a cynical yeah. Hollywood sleazebag, and that show is hilarious. I've watched every single episode of episodes. I love that show. It spoke to me much more than Friends, and so I enjoy that, and I think... The character Joey and LeBlanc, even on the reunion special, he shines. He's very yeah. watchable today and funny uh, and uh, stands out. So, yeah, that satisfied for me any thought of seeing more from these people. 
You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Will this launch one of them individually then into something different, uh, i.e. a Kramer? You know, I mean, will we see, will this uh, reinvigor- reinvigorate uh, another spinoff show with, with one of the other characters, do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I'm sure they're working on it, or if they could figure it out. I mean, all of them are doing different things. Uh, certainly, um, Jennifer Aniston's got the morning show on a streaming service, and um, Kudrow is popping up here and there. Um, so, yeah, you never know, you know, but I don't know if there's a big clamoring to see a, a new David Schwimmer series. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think that they're all quite wealthy, I think, you know, and, and probably don't not need of, of of money, which is always a motivator for the next show, right? That being said, they're all pretty much stereotyped as like any successful series is. Can they, Will they want to work in other areas, uh, or are they always a friend? Yeah, again, you know, and, and if you look at uh, Matthew Perry, he's tried three or four different things. He was on that Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip right after Friends, and right. then he tried to do The Odd Couple, and uh, there was two or three other shows, that it, and none of them really worked. Uh, I think it is uh, like... Um, you know, there was a Seinfeld curse for a while uh, until uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus uh, broke through with Veep. Um, it's hard to do the next one, for sure, when you've had a monster hit. So we look at these monster uh, series, whether it's a Seinfeld, whether it's a Friends, look back earlier to a Cheers. Uh, where does this genre go? Will we ever see another show that is this successful? It's such a, a broad question because it's not just the show. I think it's the whole landscape. And the fact that 52 million people watched the Friends finale in, in 2004, that'll never happen again. There's no place hmm. that has that much of the pie. Uh, so it, it's hard to say. If, if Friends was remade, would it come back on Netflix where they can swear or the, where the... The writers will be, you know, where the challenges are different or the stories can go in different directions, maybe. But I, I don't see any network like uh, NBC remounting uh, a show like that again that would appeal to so many people. Uh, let's go completely. I'm going to completely T-bone you here, uh, <laughs> Bill. Uh, your thoughts or do you have any comment on the controversy that Ron McLean finds himself in today? Uh, from a comment he made in uh, on Hockey Night in Canada, we're talking about political correctness, how some things fly back then, don't now, whether it's an all in the family, a friends, or whatever. Uh, your thoughts on this crossing into sports television? Yeah, I, I was watching the night, uh, whenever that was, Tuesday night, when those I was watching uh, the intermission segment on Hockey Night in Canada, and I was watching it and thinking, man, this thing's on fire. These guys are great. R- really, that was my thought, that I, I really think Kevin Bieksa and, um, you know, uh, Ke- Kelly Rudy, that they're really uh, doing a great job, Jennifer Bottrell. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought McLean, he's, he's in a, perfect in that role as not just the traffic cop, but part of his job is to stir things up and say things um, and make it light. And honestly... Um, I think it's a tempest in a teapot. I don't think he was making a homophobic joke. That's certainly his answer to it. And um, when you're on TV, as you know, if you're on radio and you're all constantly saying something for years and months and weeks, 
you know, some of it's going to be maybe open to interpretation, uh, and nobody's ever always, you know, that careful. I'm not to say that you're going to be reckless, but I, I just think McLean is doing a great job, and and, and so I. My hat's off to him, and I really think this is uh, a lot about nothing. I, I, I watched it. I didn't even notice it, that, that he had said something that was wrong. I then right. watched the replay over and over again, and I had to ask my kids, is he saying something wrong here? You have a photo of a guy with his tarp off. You're definitely positive for something. And I understand it's the po- definitely positive for something part of the line that is causing the controversy, but the first thing I think of is COVID-19. They were talking about drinking rum. So right. I, I'm just, how did you get to hear from there? I, I, I just, I, I, and I'm not sure if this unites us or just makes us more divided. The problem is Twitter. There's just people trolling yeah. everybody and they're ready to pounce left and right on something they thought they heard. And, you know, to have, you know, potentially career end because of something that was interpreted a certain way, that's, that, that means that there's something wrong with the delivery system there, I think. Now, not to say people shouldn't be scrutinized, but I yeah. just think, honestly, if you looked at Hockey Night in Canada or hockey on TV three years ago and look at the intermission segments now, they're night and day. They're, they're mm-hmm. really ramped up. And if part of it is they've been watching what's happening in the States with basketball and Charles Barkley and they want to get that same kind of energy and camaraderie, more power to them if they can find it with these guys. I, I think they're doing a great job. Bill Brio with us, TV critic and, of course, author of the blog, Brio.tv. You can read him pretty much everywhere. Bill, as always, thanks for the time. Be well. You too, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.